hello, we're back and we are back into the Y2K pop universe, but most importantly, we're back in Spice World, y'all. Yes, we are covering the Spice Girls 1998 concert, last show of the Spice World tour, specifically titled Back in Britain. If you are just finding this podcast randomly hello my name is justin and i am your host usually i will be you know covering mid-2000s pop early 90s pop um this is a little bit a little bit excuse me before uh technically y2k um but i wanted to kind of change it up because i didn't want things to get too boring and i really wanted to cover this concert um just because the girls are having so much fun and i really think it's one of their best performances as a group even though in the show they were a quartet this is post jerry post a traumatic tour cycle um, Victoria and Mel B are pregnant. Uh, I believe they are newly engaged as well. Victoria is like, she's entering a new level of fame because at this time she's dating David Beckham. Um, and at that time he was like super, super hot. Like, I mean, this is like the Bend It Like Beckham era. Bend It Like Beckham is just a couple years away. That is how hot he was at that time. And the UK papers like totally adored him. Um, I don't think they had the same kind of feeling for her, but either way, they were together. They were a lightning rod for all types of insane um, behaviors, just like people going nuts, stalking them. Um, Anytime David Beckham would lose, he would get, well, I think both of them, or I think mostly Victoria, I mean, from her autobiography, from what I've heard about it is she would talk about how she would get like death threats. So, I mean, this was such a volatile time in the spice world, literally. <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on. They had a really rough tour cycle and this is the last show of the tour and they are having such a good time. Um, and I also just really wanted to shine a light on just their talents and the musical direction of the show. There are some moments in this uh, section that we're going to cover that are just outstanding. And the musical director for this tour absolutely did an amazing job. Let's look them up really quickly. Musical director. Oh my goodness. Okay, I thought I wasn't going to be able to find it, but the musical directs, uh, director is Simon Ellis, and he is a record producer, but he's worked with Spice Girls, Britney Spears, S Club 7, um, Westlife, so a lot of English acts. I'm pretty sure he's English as well. Um, but he did a fantastic job, and I remember actually his work with Britney Spears, uh, he worked as the musical director for her circus tour and the Femme Fatale um, tours. And I remember those because the remixes of the songs uh, were amazing. Uh, So much so that some of them leaked online. You can find them. Uh, He did a great remix of Gimme More. It was like an Egyptian theme that was like her... I guess kind of returned to performing that song. Um, It was a grandiose spectacle on the Femme Fatale's tour. And the Circus Tour had some really great mixing as well. So, wow. Simon Ellis is the musical director. 
just in case you needed some information on that. Yeah, so this next section has some really top-tier moments musically and performance-wise, and also some really weird random moments as well. Uh, so let's just do a quick follow-up from last week. So last week we covered the first part. We went through, if you can't dance, who do you think you are? Something kind of funny. Do it and too much so we stopped at a lull we stopped at a ballad it was a very high octane opening um they're in wembley stadium they're playing to an audience of 50,000 plus people are watching pay-per-view at home because in britain this was broadcasted uh i think simultaneously at the time so lots of people are watching and we've just finished too much and now we're gonna just ramp up the volume again because now we're going into stop right now Um, it stopped. There's not really much that they do in this performance that's different from like promo tours that they've done. But um, they have a cute little intro with the dancers. There's some acrobatics. Uh, like I said in the last episode, the dancers are super hot. <laughs> super hot guys. Uh, I think each girl has a guy uh, as her point partner. You know, I think they switch it up. Um... But I'm pretty sure, like, there's a there's a guy for every girl. Oh, well, there's five guys, and now there's only four girls now. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm sure when Jerry was there, <laughs> um, they had, you know, she had her partner. But anyway, they, the guys come out. They're all wearing tank tops that have a letter that spells out spice. So there's an, a guy with an S tank, P-I, you know. Anyway, and there's a little gag because um, they're in the wrong order. And so the one guy out of order does like a flip to get back into order. I don't know what. I guess it's just to show off the dancer's skill. Um, and then the, st- the song starts and they're all wearing like a black and white themed um kind of outfit palette uh i really like victoria's dress it's like a super skin type but it's got like this um like it's kind of like a psychedelic black and white pattern it looks really really good and they just perform stop really nice performance um i didn't realize how many people like stop it's a cute song like i'm gonna vibe to it of course because it's a classic but it's i feel like it does kind of get lost in the shuffle of their songs it did hit number one in the uk and i know it did pretty well in america i mean it's a good song it's just like i love that the girls can do these like very current 
um, songs, but also they do really well when they harken back to the sounds of old. You know, they like just with too much. Too much is very much a classically structured song. Very old school kind of style, same with Stop. It's very doo-wop pop. But at the same time, it sounds so fresh when they do it. I don't know. They just have this way of making music that still has not been topped. Um, I don't know, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know they were manufactured. Uh, There's no doubt about it. They were put together. But, I mean, they just melded into something that has never been able to been like not nothing of that level it's just really really wild to watch anyway stop really great performance really cute really fun um they kind of did the same setup i think earlier in this year in 1998 they performed stop at the 1998 brit awards and it was pretty much the same thing um so they didn't really stretch too far out. Uh, you know, the, the the band did their thing here as well. I just love a live band. And they really, they sound good on a live band as well. Okay, next is a really, <laughs> I have never understood this moment. Um, from the first time I watched it to now, I just don't get it. I don't know if um, they just needed to give Emma a solo spot. Because later in the show, Mel B and Mel C have a duet. Uh, Victoria does not. But Victoria was never like that. <laughs> she was never going to like... Even on like when they on, they did the reunion tour in 2007. Like Each girl had a solo moment. And Victoria's solo moment was her walking down the runway. So, I mean, that's just always been her vibe. So she wasn't going to have, like, a a singing solo moment. But I guess the other girls do. And for some reason, Emma sings Where Did Our Love Go? Which is a cover. Um, but I don't get where it comes from. Like, it's just, they just did stop. And then they all leave. And they're like, bye, baby. And it's just Emma. And she does Where Did Our Love Go? And, okay, so you know the song. If you don't know the song, you know, come on. Um, But they bring up one of the dancers dressed as a baby on the stage. And he's, like, throwing a tantrum. And he's got, like, an oversized diaper on and, like, a bib. Look, I this is so weird. I, I don't get it. Uh... 
I still don't get what this served. I know the other girls are changing in the back for the next number. And they like they they dramatically change. Everyone's outfit is totally different in the next song. Um, I think Mel B goes into like a full cat suit, which I'm sure getting into to cat suits is really really hard, especially like you've been sweating on stage and everything else sticking to you. And she's pregnant, so I'm sure like things are just not fitting the way they used to be. Not that I know what it's like to be. <laughs> pregnant but you know what I'm saying everybody knows like the body sucks and is weird um so they're all changing like uh Mel C I think Mel C has have she has to have the easiest time changing like all of hers are like trousers and, and tank tops and stuff like that um but even still that takes time but she goes like everybody changes outfits completely uh right now Emma's is like all black she's wearing like capris and some platforms and a tank top that says baby so I think all she does after this song is over there's a brief little musical interlude oh yeah and then they randomly bring up a fan and she's singing where did our love go with a fan baby 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 <laughs> and you I think the the dancer baby takes a picture of Emma and the fan as like a commemorative um, uh, moment. I just don't get where this all comes into play. I, I don't know what it served. I don't know if there was a better way to do a, a costume change, but super random, really weird. Um, but anyway, they all change, and the next song is definitely a super duper highlight of the show. It is, and it, ironically to me, I mean, it's an album track, but it's Love Thing. And so Love Thing on um, the album, it's, uh, it's from their first album, Spice. Love thing on that album, you know, we got to take into consideration it was 1996 when the first album was recorded. And so it's a little dated. Some songs have aged pretty okay, pretty well. Uh, some songs have not. Love thing, which is still one of my favorites, the album version, is a little dated. Um, it's very mid-90s, like, even, like, it sounds like 1995, <laughs> um, but on this version, they completely blow it out of the park. This is why I wanted to look up the musical director, who is Simon Ellis, because he totally transforms this song into, like, something, like, this just beautiful, like, dance song, and... It just elevates it from sounding like a, an album track to a super highlight. Uh, there's this great bass line. Mel B's pumping up the crowd. As soon as that opening starts with Love Thing, uh, people are going crazy in the audience. Uh, I love that they're showing shots of people in the audience singing to this song because the first album is a banger from the first to the last track. Every song is so good. I would listen to that album nonstop. Um, and I love the way that they reworked Love Thing to sound so fresh. I mean, it sounds like a completely different song. It makes the album version sound like a demo. So I think this is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate 
version of Love Thing, and it's absolutely one of my favorite performances on the song. They're having such a good time. One of my favorite performances from their career, really. It's so, so good. I cannot sing its praises enough, for sure. different accounts of people who actually went to these shows um, and just watching other versions of this concert tour. I read that there was like a 30-minute break, which is kind of wild. I did, I mean, you know, I didn't start going to concerts until I was, you know, I think it was still too young at this time. I think my, well, my first concert was in 2000. It was Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again tour. I look absolutely wild in the photos. I look so... Middle school? No. Bad era. I mean, oh, I would never want to go back. <laughs> but um, that was my first concert. And I don't recall... There was definitely not an interlude, like 30-minute break um, in Britney's show. But apparently, in the Spice Girls show, this is where there would be a 30-minute intermission, which I don't think there was. I think that for this particular special, there was not. This was broadcast live. There might be a raw broadcast version of the show. What I'm watching uh, is the version that was released on DVD and... Um, VHS. So we can actually see the Spice Girls back in Britain. Uh, I wonder if it says like <laughs> raw footage. I don't. I'll have to look around. So there may be a different version or not. But anyway, so uh, the next section is. The Lady is a Vamp, and this is the last track on the Spice World album. It's a super vampy number. Basically, the girls just reminisce on different feminist icons um, from the 60s to the 90s and kind of like uh, calling themselves like, like they are the ladies of the 90s, which they were.
They, I mean, they brought girl power into full force. I mean, not just them solely. There was multiple, I mean, I'm not going to get into a dissertation, you know, about this. I mean, there was, this is when feminism, at least me growing up and, and being more aware of the news cycle and things like that, um, this is when um, media was shifting to you know, go after uh, a female audience more. And, you know, this was definitely bubbling in the 90s and things just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger when it came to when it comes to uh, women in the media and how they're portrayed and things like that. And so basically, The Ladies of Vamp, it's just kind of like a fun song that is talking about different women icons, feminist uh, icons from the 60s now probably inspirations maybe not feminist icons i mean there's so many that they don't name this is not like a political song but um it's like the spice girls were political but not um i'm sure i feel like they've had some really really great episode uh, episodes interviews um where they really break down their politics. I think it was mostly like Mel B and Jerry who were very outspoken in that right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is their, this is their torch song. Uh, they come out all in bedazzled outfits. So there's a, there's a, a break probably for them to catch their breath, but also to get into these outfits. They're a little bit more detailed. Um, I'm sure it's not easy to slip into a rhinestone, um, uh, bedazzled uh outfit so they come out uh the color choices are very random um i don't really know if there was a rhyme or reason to this um mel c is in an all red pantsuit of course no sleeves because we gotta see the biceps and they look great um emma is in blue with super, super high platform heels. I thought she'd be in pink. But maybe this is like... we're go- They were going for more of a classic color roster. Because... Um, Mel B is in green. She's in a green bedazzled pantsuit. And Victoria is... In a gold gown. Which was a nice little like cut on the legs. She looks really pretty. Uh, Jerry? What would Jerry typically wear, lady? Is a vamp. I think she was wearing all white. Her outfit was all white. Let's take a look. Oh! Okay, so they did switch outfits here a little bit. So, when Jerry was present on the tour... Jerry was wearing green. She was wearing a green little dress. Uh, Emma and Mel C still had their same, and Victoria had their same uh, outfits. And Mel B was kind of in a sheer orange number. Ooh, I like that one better. Yeah, Mel B was almost, like, she was definitely in a sheer bodysuit with orange shorts. She looks so good like that. Um, and so she changed it around for the end of the tour, I guess, now that she could take back ownership ownership of the green uh, pantsuit. So, um, so they do the Lady is a Vamp. They bring the dancers. The dancers 
look really great. They're wearing like top hats and like, you know, uh, it's a uh, cabaret-ish. Um, so they look really good. They perform The Lady is a Vamp. Um, even though the song ends the second album, this is a midway point. I don't know why they put it here. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I feel like they could have used it more at the end of the show because the ending of the song says, we hope you enjoy the show, and it's a big you know, send-off. So it, it ends the album really nicely. Not sure why they put it in the middle of the show, um, but it's fun nonetheless. Not one of my favorite songs. I don't listen to it a lot, but when it comes on, you know, it's cute. But then we get into, they take a, you know, they talk to the audience for a little bit. And then they make this kind of like random note. But listen, we want to squash. Got some injured. We're going to squash some rumors, aren't we, girls? Because yes. I read today again that we're apparently splitting up. Yawn, yawn, yeah. yawn. Again, and we, we would like to say. We must have split up about 10 times now. Hey, we are not splitting up. No, 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 no. No. Right. Okay. So Mel B takes it into account to tell the audience we are not splitting up. And technically, they didn't. I mean, they, they, they've gone quiet. You know, they go quiet every now and then, the Spice Girls. You know, they're not, like, always out there. Um, but they've never technically split, right? Um, some girls are here. Some girls are not here. Um, they've done reunion shows. They've taken photos together. So they technically, she's not wrong. They haven't split. And also technically not wrong. They don't technically go away or, or, or pause until after Forever comes out in 2000. Or is it 2001? 2001. Yeah. So they don't break up. But, you know, they kind of break up. So... This was kind of a weird moment, but, you know, I guess it was just to, to calm the fear at that time of a, a split being imminent. And they do take a break from 1998. Uh, they come out with the song in 1999, Goodbye, which is like, I thought, <laughs> I don't know. This was such a crazy time for them, I'm sure. And the world was changing. The music world was changing. We were entering Y2K. So, there was a lot going on. Um, I don't think they wanted to split, but I think there was just a lot going on, you know? But to go back to the brighter, earlier days of the Spice Girls, the next song after The Lady is a Vamp is Say You'll Be There, which is one of the first um, big songs of the night. Like, obviously, there have been big songs, but um, this is... One of their classic songs, their second single, um, another number one in the UK. They're one of their biggest hits, also here in America. And that song specifically, specifically, excuse me, was pushed 
very, very hard because that was when the Spice Girls were really making a splash in America. So this was like Wannabe and like Say You'll Be There was like, they were just pushed constantly, especially Say You'll Be There. Um, So this is, they don't do anything too different on this tour with this song. They've used the same setup, the same intro. You can even see them use the same everything uh, in their first VMA performance. Can you believe they performed in the VMAs in 1997? That's crazy. Like, I don't know why it's crazy, but I feel like now they don't just let new acts perform right away. But, this, I mean, I think they were on, in a league of their own at that point. So they do perform Say Will Be There at the 1997 Video Music Awards. And it's pretty much the same. You know, they did the same version in all of the promo cycles, even in the movie. Like, the, the band plays the same arrangement. It's the same choreograph. Or choreography, <laughs> the same choreography. Um, so they don't do anything too different. With they don't push the envelope with the song, but the song sounds so good with a live band and live instrumentation. I love the drums on here. Just a great uh, performance overall. You know they don't they don't reinvent too many things with this song, but you don't have to. Say will be there is absolutely one of my favorite Spice Girl songs, one of my favorite Spice Girl videos and singles. So you you don't gotta do much to get the crowd going with this song. The of course I love that they cut to different shots in the crowd and you can see people jamming out, people are drinking, people of all ages. It's not just like parents with kids. Of course you have the parents with the kids in the and the off in the audience but you see a lot of adults with beers freaking jamming out i'm telling you the spice girls are just universal um and that's why they have still maintained their iconography um because they just appeal to so many people um but yeah love this song it's great Great track to put in the middle of the show, I think. It it keeps the momentum going. And then, of course, we get a slowdown. We're going to shift to an album track, which I'm glad they did not ignore, like, a lot of these album tracks. Um, Of course, you know, we want to fill in time. 
uh, in the show. But, you know, I think a lot of people don't have discographies that can be performed, but they really believed in their material. And I'm glad because the next song they do is called Naked. And even hearing this, like, before the tour, before I got super into the Spice Girls, I just remember, like, being a kid and just being like, this song sounds, like, really different. <laughs> and it is. It's a, it's, like a, it's a melancholic song on the album. Um, I will say it's aged very well. I, I think that, of course, you hear it, it's going to sound like something in the 90s. But I don't think, I don't. It's not like shockingly 90s. There's some songs that you put on and they're like, oh, this is 90s, like, like no ins or outs. But this song is like, like on the last episode, how I talked about how they would blend um, American R&B and like UK R&B and like they just kind of made their own sound. And this is definitely one of those songs. Um, and so in the performance, before the performance, I think this is a little risque. I mean, the Spice Girls were risque. When you, when you like really look at their career in retrospect, because it's like they, they never really marketed themselves to children. They really didn't, but children flocked to them, obviously, because pop songs, bright colors, uh, fun girls, you know, it was just, it had a very youthful atmosphere, but I really don't think they were marketing themselves to kids at all. If you listen to the songs on the first album alone, none of these are, like, um, secret. It's not like, I mean, they were put in this teeny bopper position, but they did not make kid songs. None of the songs on the first album were, like, aimed at kids are being like you know how like in the years to come you'll have like Britney and she'll do her thing but she very much is marketed toward teens like for sure like the Spice Girls were not the Spice Girls were all uh, Emma was the youngest at 18 but the rest were like well into their 20s or early 20s they were not trying to target teens I mean I think they wanted to spread the message of girl power to everybody but they were not making songs like relatable to teens they just made pop music i mean there's songs on their album that are about one night stands hooking up with guys <laughs> you know like these were not songs that maybe kids should have been listening to but they were um and this song in particular the song is called naked but it's not about being physically naked it's about being mentally naked about being honest and bare with your with your inner demons so this was not i can't imagine a, 
again listening to that and fully understanding it. And then they take it a step further on the show and they perform the song, quote unquote, naked. They're sitting behind chairs. They all get behind chairs. They're all naked. And, you know, they, the, once again, musical direction, outstanding. Simon Ellis um, has transformed naked and love thing into these atmospheric, beautiful moments. Um, naked has been one of my favorite performances of theirs as well. I, I just love the instrumentation. The band does an outstanding job. Um, and it's it's not a song that you think would be performed, which is why I love that they did it. Um, because it's such a good song. It's just so, so good. There's, you know, Mel C has a great uh, solo in the song. And I, I just love the melody. Um, and so there's really not much to this performance. They're, they're sitting, but just atmosphere-wise, I love what the band has done. I love what the musical direction musical director has done fantastic performance um and then that ends that section so what happens is um the dancers before the song starts melcy says do you want to see us get naked or something like that um two dancers come out put like a changing screen um out the girls get quote-unquote naked which they're not really naked but anyway um and then the changing screen comes back when the song ends and the band plays off the girls. But of course the girls get up from the chairs and leave. And then the, the changing camera or the changing screen comes out and it's the dancers, the male dancers sitting in the Spice Girls spots and they're naked, quote unquote. Um, and they look hot. What can I say? <laughs> Dude, these dancers are hot. Like for sure. Um, Anyway, let me stop being thirsty. But that ends this section. Kind of a random mishmash of songs and album tracks and outfits. We go from, like, just 60s doo-wop to being naked. (laughs) And each song has its own kind of deal. Um, Yeah. The rest, uh, the the most, I would say the most cohesive moments on the show are the beginning, and then the rest, the rest is super random, which is pretty much the Spice Girls in a nutshell. Um, Yeah, there's not really any rhyme or reason to the show. (laughs) There's, like I said, there's not like specified sections, like this is the punk section, this is the rockers, no, it's just like, this is a song. And then they move on to the next song setup, and there you go. But it's still very entertaining. Um, like I said, this is the last show on the tour, so everything is amped up. They're so happy to be probably done with everything. Um, so yeah, uh, random section, but a nice section. And it's only going to get more random, so get ready for part three of this part four-part series. And... Thanks for listening. My name is Justin. That's all I got for you today. Uh, I hope you tune in. We've got part three coming up. And yeah, go ahead and do yourself a favor. Watch some of these performances. They're super fun. Um, And we will talk next week. Until then, bye.